Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your friendship. Uh, Lord, I thank you you didn't just create the world and leave us here, but Lord, you've given us a purpose. You've given us, uh, Lord, all the tools necessary to live this life the way you would want us to live this life. Help us, Lord, to live in the Spirit. Help us, Lord, as we, um, uh, Lord, are here for the message. I ask you please be with our pastor. And uh, Lord, we're thankful for the the blessings that you've given us already, the excitement, the joy. Uh, Please would you continue to guide tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Take your Bibles. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to, this is probably going to be at least two weeks, if not maybe uh, three weeks of a lesson. I'm going to start it and introduce it tonight, and then the next week or two we'll continue through it, and you'll see what I mean here in just a minute, but uh, I'm excited about this. I believe if you'll listen tonight, I can help you with your Christian life. I can help you with many aspects of it, but especially uh, there's an area that we're going to talk about here that I believe will help you just immensely, and uh, it's it's a blessing to me, and I've been privileged to be doing it so long I don't think about it, but uh, I want you to understand it tonight. Hebrews chapter 11, let's read the first six verses, you follow along there. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. Notice God talks about creation. When, when, when man kicked God out of the schools and took the Bible out, we put in evolution. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Take the word of God away, you take creation away. Verse number four. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, uh, and was not found because God had translated him for uh, before his translation. He had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, verse number six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Notice that statement. You ought to underline it in your Bible, highlight it, whatever. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, we're going to take uh, some time and let the Bible define itself. I'm I'm not picking on anybody because three or four times in the last, uh, at least in the last two weeks, I've heard this. And I don't read commentaries. I don't read what some theologian wrote because most of those people didn't, couldn't walk across the street and tell somebody how to get saved. Uh, somebody's theology that's so deep that it's deep enough to where they won't tell a lost sinner how to get saved isn't worth reading in my book. Sorry, just isn't there. Uh, they'll tell you things that God didn't even say, but they won't do what God said. So I, I don't put a lot of stock in commentaries. I don't put a lot of stock in, uh, I hate saying it, in reference Bibles and all their notes and stuff. Most of the study notes and study Bibles are written by people 
that are no different than the theologians that wrote the commentaries. Uh, and I'm, I'm not angry if you have one. I've got many different kinds of study Bibles in my office that I've been through through the years. Uh, but I will tell you this. Why don't we just let the Bible define itself? God wrote the Bible, not man. God did not put the thoughts in man's mind, and man wrote in man's style. That would give us sinful words. Man's mind is sinful. Well, the Pauline, Pauline epistles are written by Paul, and you can tell his style. And when John wrote, John wrote with this style. And, uh, no, John didn't write with those style because it wasn't John's style, it was God's. It's God's words. See, our sinful minds could not give us a sinless word of God. So God had to give it to man word for word. And man's sinful mind now can't do any better either. We don't need another version. We need to go back and read the real one. We don't need to rewrite it. We need to reread it. We don't just need to reread it, we need to repreach it, and we need to relive it. See, God gave us his words verbally spoken, and man penned them down word for word. Now, that's why the Bible says in Matthew 4, 4, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If there's not an every word Bible somewhere, God's a liar, we're all going to go to hell. Plain and simple. The King James Bible is it for the English-speaking people. Just trust me. Now, God made man to please him. Take your Bible, turn to Revelation chapter 4. It's just a few pages over, about 30 pages to the right. At most, probably, Revelation chapter 4. <clears throat> Look at verse number 11. Revelation 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast, what's the next word? Created, there's that word again, not evolved. Thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. In other words, past and present, we were created for his pleasure. <clears throat> now, go back to Hebrews chapter 11, look at number verse number 6. So if we were created to please him, how do we please God? Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now let everybody look at me. How do you make God happy? By faith. Living by faith. See, this means that every human has the potential to please God by faith. No matter who they are, no matter where they are, doesn't matter anything about them, but they do have the ability and the potential to please God by living by faith. God has put into every human enough faith to please him. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Every once in a while some idiot listens to my sermons online and 
tries to email me and tell me I'm a heretic for saying this, but I always email him back and say, book, chapter, and verse on what you believe, dude. And I never get a response. For Romans chapter 12, look at verse number 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man, notice the next couple words, the measure of faith. So God has given to every man enough faith to please him to get saved. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, that what? And that faith is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We don't even have the faith necessary to get saved on our own. God had to put into every human enough faith so that we could get saved. I don't care where you go in the world, doesn't matter what continent, doesn't matter what country, Man has a desire to worship something. That's the measure of faith. Now, many put it in the wrong things. I will agree with that. But that desire to have a God or God's plural, depending on how they've been taught, is that measure of faith God put into every human being the moment man sinned. We haven't even gotten to the lesson yet. Faith is not some spooky religious version of the power of positive thinking. May I help you? Faith is not some foolish belief. Faith is not some pie in the sky hope and fairy tale. Faith isn't, well, I just believe God and everything's going to take care of itself. That's a bunch of garbage. Faith is not some magical power from God that we, we use and sprinkle spoofle dust everywhere or fairy dust and uh, we get whatever we want. Faith is something real. Faith is something tangible. Faith is something that you actually do. And I'm going to Use the word of God tonight and biblically define for you what faith is. Then, next week, maybe the week after that, we'll take the rest of the book of uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews and God illustrates what faith is over and over and over and over and over and over and over in chapter 11. He actually illustrates it. But unless you know what it is, You don't see it. Let me say this again. Faith is not some frivolous, uh, spiritual, spooky power of positive thinking. Oh, I've got got a a sore gizzard and I just believe God's going to heal it. And if we get enough people praying, God's going to heal my gizzard. Because I just believe it. Well, he might heal it by you dying and going to heaven. Just because you believe something doesn't make God have to do anything. 
God's not a genie in the bottle and you rub it when you do what you want to do and pop it, he pops out and says, what can I do for you? That's not faith. So let's take the word of God. You ready? How does faith work? How does it define? Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse number one. Now faith is, now look at me. When somebody says this is something, that means it's about to be defined, right? Now, faith is the what? Substance. What is a substance? That's something tangible, right? Faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. God says, let me define faith for you. Faith is the substance of what you want, what you hope for, and it will be evidenced by what you will see someday. Let me help you a little bit. The word faith. The word faith means assurance. It means the grounds or foundation for belief. It also, you, you can look it up wherever you want. The word faith also means it's got a guarantor's signature to it. If you needed, uh, when we first got our church loan, our men, for the first 12 months or so, had to sign for the loan for the church. They had to sign as guarantors that if for some reason the church could not make the payments, those men were responsible for it to make sure that it got paid. By the way, I think it's wrong that we had to do it, but we did it anyway, and I got those men's names off after 12 months, despite the bank not wanting it to come off. Nah, 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 nah. But they were guaranteeing, and the assets from those men guaranteed that there was enough there to cover the loan if there was a default. And God says, faith is the foundation. It's the guarantor's signature. It is the assurance of things hoped for. Now watch this. Faith is also a substance. Now what does the word substance literally mean? The word substance means substructure, framework. It means the basis. This building <clears throat> that you're sitting in, I watched it go up stick by stick. I watched the foundation being built, and uh, out here they, they dug down about 17 feet in front of the building. Uh, it's, it's actually below where the pond is, and they built it up and rolled shale every eight inches, compacted 100% compaction, till they got it to the level it is right now. Then they came back and dug out around the edges, and uh, we put the footers in and poured the footers Poured the foundation for it, the cornerstone out here uh, by my office is, is the, the measuring point for the whole thing. Sitting there one Saturday afternoon after the foundation was in, guys sitting there doing some trial work and some cleanup work, some Saturday morning, Brother Barnes and I stopped by, we were making some visits out this way, sat right down about where the windows are in my office, sat down on a five-gallon bucket and led one of those workers to Christ. <laughs> right back here, just in front of where Brother Scott's sitting. 
about where the PA booth is. The guy that was building my house at the same time we were building this building. Don't ever do that. That was stupid. But uh, the builder of my house had driven by this every day and wanted to see it. I brought him in. I showed him around. I stood right there, won the builder of my house to Christ. Can I tell you something? Uh, the, the foundation of this church was built on salvation. Sure foundation. Now, wait a minute. I watched the sticks go up. I watched them when they brought the crane in, and for two days they put trusses in on top of this thing. And I mean big old crane. This is a pretty big building. They had to lift them from out here and bring them around and set them in place. And uh, you had three different types of trusses going on and different things and special order that they had to be in because two different heights of roof heights and different things. And it's an amazing thing to watch go up. Did you know you can't see that now? Now, we have pictures to prove it, but you can't see it. Faith is the substance. You hope those walls are up well. You hope the foundation's poured right. That's faith. Evidence by things you don't see. You don't see those things, but you have faith that they're there. So that substance is the foundation, the framework. Faith is not something that's ethereal. It's not something spooky. Ooh. It's not the, pardon me, it's not the, uh, it's not when the, the, in the black churches they got the big fat guy on the organ, you know, as the preacher's preaching. That's not faith. Yeah. <laughs> what is faith? Faith is that assurance that the guarantor has put the structure in place, and we just have to trust it. Faith is knowing what the framers did and trusting when the first storm comes. You see, this building's been through some pretty big storms already. I'll promise you this. <laughs> when this building goes down, Berkeley County and Jefferson County both have already gone down. The man, the structural, or the uh, uh, one of the engineers that was out here, uh, when he was testing the hardness of our pad, we broke a record. They have a piece of rebar that they have to pound down in. Well, that was the year of the flood, remember? We were thinking of turning the building into an ark. There was so much rain that had fallen as as we had compacted the a shale for this thing and so much rain had come down and everything that it compacted so tightly usually they have to hit that thing five times and it can't pass a certain mark before five hits he said pastor you broke a record i quit at 42 he said i'm still not there and i'm tired of swinging a hammer he said when this building goes down god's already come back don't worry i said no problem that geotech engineer had no idea how hard this thing was. It is rock hard all the way down. This building hasn't settled. We've had very few nail pops in five and a half years. Say, why? Because it ain't moving nowhere. I mean, it's, 
they went clear down out here till they hit bedrock. And I mean, bedrock, bedrock. I mean, Freddie Flintstone stuff. Uh, so faith is the assurance, the foundation for belief, the guarantor, and it has a substance or a framework by which you may not see it, but you see the evidence of it. You could put a two-by-four up every four feet and put a building up, but it's not going to withstand much. These walls are two-by-six. They're, they're built on solid. Say, how do you know that? <laughs> Number one, I got the plans. Number two, I saw it go up. Now, you can't see it. You might put a board every four feet. It's supposed to be every 16 inches, 18 inches. I forget what it is. 16. 16 on center, right? Got it. And these are 16 on center. Say why? For structural integrity. You put one every four feet instead of every 16 inches, and your building's not going to stand very long. It's going to rock and sway and... If it does hold everything up, it's not going to stay up long. Somebody leans on that wall, they're going to go through it. <laughs> Say why? Because there's no framework in between. Now, faith is the evidence of things we cannot see. The word evidence there means proof. It means trial in order to bring proof out. Now, everybody listen to me on something if you have to go to trial, it does not mean that you're guilty. Right. Trial is where you go to bring the body of proof. The body of evidence. So when trials come in your life, quit asking God to get rid of the trial. Bring the proof. Amen. Bring the evidence. I don't want to go to trial. God, too bad. You've got to stand trial. But if you're on the firm foundation, you already won the case. See, too many times we're so worried about the trial because of how we might appear. How about we let the body of proof and the evidence stand for us? Say, well, you just don't understand. No, you just don't understand. Too many times we Christians, we want to run away from the trial and God says that trial's there to prove. It's the evidence. It's the only time the evidence can come out. Evidence is there, but it takes trial for it to be brought forth. The framing and foundation of this building are here, but until we filled it with people, and people push on the walls and they stomp on the floors and the storms come and the wind blows. Not that it ever does that around here. And all those things, not until the opposition comes does it prove how well the building's been built. It takes that evidence by trial to say it's going to stand. It's going to stand. The evidence of faith can only be proven by opposition, trial, and difficulty. Amen. Quit complaining when they come. 
Live by faith and let the evidence come forth. Boy, that's good stuff. Faith is the guarantee or the assurance of a truth that is framed and has a strong foundation on that truth. It is evidenced because we can't see it. You can't always see it until the trial comes. By the opposition to that truth. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 for a moment. I'm about to shout. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This ought to make you get excited about, about being a Christian. Amen? Now I want you to notice something. And, and we're not going to read the first six verses here. But it's talking about some opposition and some fears. Uh, and it talks about all these things going on. But I want you to notice something in verse number 7. For we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. God says, and he says, we are confident, I say. When you walk by faith, there is a confidence. Preacher, how do you make such strong stands? Because I stand on truth. Bring the battle. Let the opposition come. Let the winds blow and let the evil attack. But I will tell you something. When you're standing on truth, when you stand on principle, it will endure. See, well, it doesn't always win. It will endure. It will endure. Truth crushed to earth shall doubtless rise again. It may get stomped on, but guess what? It's going to rise again. They took the Bible out of the schools in the 1960s. In the, in the late 1970s, 1980, I took my Bible to a public school, public junior high school in uh, eighth grade, Edison Junior High in Canton, Ohio. Where's Brother Aaron? You drove right by that building uh, with me on, on 13th Street there. There was a lot of drugs going on at that time. That was a, there was 7th and 8th grade, and I'm sorry, yeah, 7th and 8th grade, there was two grades there, and we had almost 2,000 students in that one school building. <laughs> Take your Bible to school in a public school. You get called every name there is. I had people trying to knock my books out of my hand, call me everything that is known to mankind, I had teachers against me, you name it. Now, wait a minute. They would bring the dogs in to sniff lockers for drugs every once in a while. Do you know who the first people were to come to me when they found out the police were there with the dogs? Bush, what am I going to do? You're going to go to jail. Ha, 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 ha. You know how many people I want to Christ that way? It's funny. When they got in trouble, guess who they came to? Now, up until then, they tried to knock your Bible out of your hands and spit in it and stomp on it and do everything else. But when they're in trouble, let's go see the Bible guy. It gets crushed to earth, but when they're in trouble, they know where to run. So, we walk by faith, not by sight. What is our faith in? Truth and principle. Say, preacher, I can't see. Don't have to see. Stand on truth. 
Stand on principle. Stand on policy. You'll not fall. Say, but, 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 I don't care how many, but, 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 but you put in it, you stand on truth, you stand on principle, you stand on policy, you will not fail. Plain and simple. Number two, I gotta hurry. God says faith is the only thing that pleases Him from man. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse number six. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now look at me, folks. If you're not standing on truth, God is truth. So if you're not standing on truth, how can truth be pleased with untruth? In geometry, those of you that had it and survived it, there's something called proofs. You not only have to solve the problem, but you have to prove why you got your answer. Can I tell you something? Faith has to be proven. And not only with God, but with you. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And truth has to prove itself with truth. You can't prove truth with a lie. Democrats have been trying Ask Governor Newsom right now. He's got his head in a noose just about. State of California is farther in debt than they thought. Go figure. And they want to put him up as the next president potentially. Boy, isn't that wonderful news for America. Look at California and see where we're going. Look at Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, verse number 23. I want to show you what God says about faith. Not only is it impossible to please him without faith, but Romans chapter 14 verse 23 says this, And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. In other words, when you're not standing on truth, guess what you're standing on? Sin. Well, I know somebody that said something. You're standing on a sinner. When we stand on faith, we must stand on truth. And you can't please God without truth or faith. Truth and faith run together. They cannot be separated. Well, I just believe, don't care what you believe, what did God say? See, it doesn't matter what you and I believe, it matters what God says. Everybody doing okay? So without faith, it's impossible to please him. God says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Can we please God with sin? Yes or no? So we have to live by faith. We have to live by truth. God wants us fully assured, he wants us fully secured that the frame and foundation of the truths of God's words will hold no matter what the resistance. Did you know once you're saved, you're always saved? Nothing you can do to take that away. Turn to Romans chapter 10. 
Romans chapter 10. Look at verse number 8. I'm sorry, Hebrews. Romans chapter 10, verse number 8. But what saith it? Uh, The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. What is the word of faith? That if thou shalt confess with the mouth of the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Look down to verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the word of God and faith go together. That's why man shouldn't fiddle with the word of God. That's why we should not be reading man's versions of the Bible. Read God's words, not man's words. Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If we're hearing by a word written by man, we're not hearing the words of God. Preacher, you make a big deal of the right Bible. You better believe it because every bit of the faith hinges on it. Every bit of it. So... Faith is not some foolish hope in something, some feeling, something that you hope is going to happen. It is the confidence and the hope that the truths of the Bible will outlast the opposition. Guess what? I believe the Lord's coming back. When? When he wants to. They laughed about Jesus coming in Bethlehem's manger, but guess what? He came the first time. They laughed after they killed him, and he said he'd get up three days and three nights later. Guess what? Up from the grave he arose. Well, if he did both of those things, don't you think he's coming back? Some people are going to laugh at you. Guess what? I read the last chapter. We win. I stand confidently. I stand boldly. Uh, I have total confidence in salvation. Now, somebody comes up and says, well, uh, you know, my, my gizzard hurts and I went to a service and some guy smacked me in the head and uh, I flipped on the ground and, you know, be healed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Ernest Angley. God bless that little penguin. Uh, uh, yeah. And I can make fun of him because I grew up about 30 miles south of where he was. He's the only man in the world I knew that could make a five-syllable word out of Jesus. Jesus. uh, uh. I knew a man. I knew a man that got healed by Ernest Angelie 30-some times. Say, was he that sick? No, he just got paid for going around the country getting healed. I talked to him one day. He said, oh, yeah, he said, I make good money doing that. Do you ever notice he can't heal anything that's real? By the way, Or Roberts was one of these guys. A guy that can heal people, why do he have to have a hospital? Amen. You ever figured that one out? <laughs> why in the world somebody can heal people, why do they have a hospital? Well, they don't have enough faith. God's given to every man the measure of faith. It's not how much faith you have, it's how much truth you have. Everybody doing okay? So, number three, I will hurry, I promise. Faith has to be founded on a truth in the Bible. 
not a feeling of a sinner. Faith has to be founded in a truth, not in a feeling. Be careful of, I call them the uh, feel-good Christians. Well, I just feel led. Well, the bathrooms are right out here. God doesn't work by a feeling. He works by a fact. He works by a truth. And you have faith in that truth that in God's timing, he'll work it out and show you exactly what to do. Go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, very quickly. You have to understand that faith has to be founded in a truth. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the what? Word of God, right? Go to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the what? Now, is that small w or capital? That means it's a specific person, place, thing, or idea, correct? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Now watch this next statement. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Remember we read in Hebrews chapter 11 verse number 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Skip down to verse 14 of John chapter 1. And the word, small w or capital? That's the same one that's in verse number 1, right? And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We know that that word is Jesus Christ. In the book of Revelation, it says he'll come back and written on his vesture is his name, the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. Now watch this. God said in Romans 10, 17, I'll quote it to you, that uh, so faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not a play. Not drama. Not just music. Not a cantata. I'm not against cantatas. But the day we have a cantata and don't have preaching is the day we shut the church down. We'll have preaching before we ever have a cantata. Say, what's a cantata? You don't need to worry about it. (laughs) Hang on. Go back to Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to look at a couple more verses and then we'll be done. Hebrews chapter 3. And I went way too far. Hebrews chapter 3, look at verse number 3. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. And I don't think that's the one I was looking for. Uh, Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's all good. I think what I was looking at... 
is, is, is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now watch this. I know this one's right. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We were just there Sunday night. 2 Timothy chapter 3, look at verse number 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Sounds like faith, right? Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy what? Scriptures. That's the Bible, right? Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, and righteousness. That the man of God may be, through, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That word inspiration is not, uh, not like Shakespeare was inspired. It's not sitting there looking at something and say, oh, that reminds me of something and I want to paint it or I want to draw it. Inspiration literally means to breathe in and out. To breathe the breath of life. God in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 breathed into man the breath of life. That's called inspiration. When you die, they call it expiration. In other words, the breath goes out and does not come back in. There's no more breath. When you speak, you have to have air pass over your vocal cords. You're literally breathing out as you speak. That's why you can only talk so long and you have to take a breath. That's when everybody else jumps in. I mean, so inspiration is, okay, we would use the term CPR, respiration. When somebody quits breathing, you start putting air back into them in hopes they'll start breathing again naturally. Did you know that God doesn't have to keep breathing into the word of God once he breathed into it life? The life is eternal. I have some preacher friends that about a few, couple, 15, 20 years ago decided that, well, it's only the preservation of the scripture that's important, not the inspiration. The inspiration died with the originals. And they're a bunch of stinking, filthy heretics causing doubt on the word of God. And I called them that, and they're not very friendly with me anymore, and I don't give a rip. You say, why? Because if the inspiration died, Jesus died because he is the word of God. If the word of God is not eternally inspired, we're all going to hell and God's a liar. It is by the inspiration of the word of God that we have confidence in our faith. Everybody doing okay? This is why man should never fiddle with or rewrite God's words. We shouldn't give it our opinion, just let scripture speak for scripture. 
Churches with wrong Bibles don't have people saved very often. I'm just going to say it. Churches with wrong Bibles don't have church members that text them on Tuesday and say, Preacher, preacher, I just had one get saved. Churches with wrong Bibles don't have people leave voicemails that they go to Walmart because they lost their wallet there and they got gospel tracts in them. Churches with wrong Bibles don't have people to go to gas stations, find one of our tracts there, pick them up and say, I need a good church and come there and join our church like they have here. They're sitting in this room tonight. Say, how does that happen? Because we're doing the right word of God. See, churches with the wrong Bibles won't take the truth out because they don't have the truth to take. They follow, they, they focus on man's feelings. They have conferences now on men's feelings. Fellas, it's going to be a cold day where the booger man lives for we have a men's conference on feelings. Help us, Jesus. <laughs> By the way, I challenge you. Go through the Bible and everywhere you see the Holy Ghost, you'll never find a feeling attached to it. Not one time. Well, I just feel like the Holy Ghost. Those two words don't go together. Well, can't you just feel it? God says you just know it's there. It's not some spooky feeling. I've had some feelings that I don't want to have again. That's why I don't throw up. I don't like that feeling. Amen? Amen? I'll do everything in the world not to, not to throw up. I'll swallow it 300 times, but I ain't... Mm-mm. It's just not going to come up. The only time it does is a kidney stone. And there ain't enough swallower left in you. You say, preacher, that's okay. But it's a feeling. It may not be a good feeling. What's the difference? It's not founded on faith. Not founded on truth. I know. Well, if you just do it, you'll feel better. You might, but not me. I don't like that feeling. Uh, People with wrong Bibles and churches with wrong Bibles have no foundation for faith. That's why they follow anything. So, the rest of Hebrews chapter 11 illustrates what faith is. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Now the just shall live by what? Oh man, you sounded pretty weak on that one. Now the just shall live by what? Faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in. Habakkuk 2 4 says, The just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17 says that the just shall live by faith. If you've been saved, God wants us to live by faith. How do we live by faith? Well, right there it is. That's your foundation. That's what you stand on. That's the framework. 
Oh, you put some sheetrock on it, put some paint on it, put some carpet down. But when the wind blows, make sure the, 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 the roofing's in good shape. But I promise you one thing, it'll endure the storm. And it's going to take the trial for the proof to come about. It's not all smooth and easy. But it will stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm done. Crash land the plane. So much I want to say. How do you live by faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. We've let the word of God define faith for you. Now the question, will you live by faith or feeling? Will you live by what you know or what God said?